If you want a great conversation with a Philadelphia sports figure you should know more about, listen to One on One with Matt Leon on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Brian Seltzer. And there was some big basketball news. It was a big basketball night, but there was especially some big basketball news made on the main line last night as Villanova's Hall of Fame coach, Jay Wright, stunned the sports world by announcing that he was retiring from the coaching the Wildcats. Yeah, Jay, we had to do a little bit of extra chatter about this one. This one, it really got me. I, I cannot imagine Villanova basketball without Jay Wright, even college basketball without Jay Wright, given all he's done over the last two decades. Our pal Dave Uram has been all over this story. What's up, Dave? Brian, Jay, what's going on? Thank you for having me on the John Cast. Now, this definitely caught people by surprise. So, Dave, just got to ask just straight up, what happened here? Because this just kind of popped up, what, about an hour before the Sixers game last night, that suddenly he's retiring. So what reasoning do we have that Jay Wright is suddenly saying, yeah, I'm going to head out. Well, at this point, Jay, I don't really know the answer to that. It came out of nowhere. It came out of the blue. It was not expected. Uh, he is 60. He is uh, he's still very young. He still, from what we know, has, has good health. It was very surprising and very shocking. There had not been any speculation about him stepping down. They've been very successful. They've been to three Final Fours in the past six NCAA tournaments, including this past one. Uh, he's got... From what I can understand, what seems like good recruits coming in, he still has a good team, I think. And this is coming from me, somebody who never plans on stopping what he's doing because he's, you know, he's nuts. Um, but I think that sometimes in life, somebody accomplishes everything that they can accomplish, everything that they want to accomplish. And they got good health. They're still at the top of their game. And they just go maybe, you know, it's time to balance it out a little bit. It's time to do other stuff. Maybe that's how he feels. Uh, it's shocking, and it's definitely, uh, it's definitely the changing of an era, not only for Villanova basketball, not only for Big Five basketball, but for Division I men's college basketball. So we know, guys, that Villanova just a few weeks ago was in the Final Four, one of the last four teams standing in the annual college basketball tournament for the national championship. And one of my favorite college basketball follows is reporter Dana O'Neill. She used to write for the Philadelphia Daily News. And I saw on her Twitter last night that she referenced something that she asked Jay Wright before this year's Final Four, the day before Villanova played what ended up being its last game against Kansas, because one of the backdrops for the Final Four was that Duke was there and their legendary head coach, Mike Krzyzewski, had announced before the season that he was going to be retiring. So whenever Duke's last game was, that was going to be the end for Krzyzewski. That's the context. So Dana O'Neill, with that in mind, asked Jay Wright, just kind of like on a whim, what do you think about retiring? And then let's listen to this. I'm just trying to ask if you could put yourself maybe in Mike Krzyzewski's shoes, knowing that your career <laughs> is coming down to the end. I mean, I, I, I know you're nowhere near that, but I'm just wondering if you can try to imagine what that would feel like. I think, um, you know, uh, it's got to be mind-blowing. It's got to be mind-blowing. I, I, I would be lying if I tell you I don't, you know, you think about it after each year. You think about, you know, where your life is, what are you going to do. And it's really difficult to think about. 
and you know, and I, and again, I think about it because there's got to be, there's going to have to be a time when it's time for the next coach at Villanova. There's going to have to be that time. You got to pick the right time. I think Mike did it extremely intelligently, and um, it's got to be really difficult. For people who don't follow college basketball, Villanova, despite its national success, it doesn't do it the same way as a Duke, as a Kansas, or a North Carolina. It's not a what they call a one-and-done school where they bring in these NBA future NBA players and these guys just leave. Dave, from following Villanova over the years, can you speak to the philosophy that Jay Wright has used to turn Villanova into a perennial contender and how it differentiates them from the rest of the Blue Bloods in college basketball? He builds teams. He builds teams that play together, uh, that don't have those one-and-done high-lottery draft pick players that that you see, although some of his players do go high in the lottery. Um, But he typically has players who will be there for three, four years, maybe even five, in the case of Colin Gillespie and Jermaine Samuels. So I think that, I, I can't remember when this comment was from, but it was from one of his successful tournaments when he was asked, Basically, uh, the, the generalization of what you brought up, Brian, about how you don't have one and done's. And I think basically the message that Villanova has brought up to most of its recruits over the years is that when you come to Villanova, you're coming for a top-notch education, you're coming to finish four years of college, and in all likelihood not be a one-and-done going straight to the NBA. That doesn't mean that, that that doesn't happen. It certainly can happen at Villanova. Uh, uh, Omari Spellman... Uh, I believe was if he wasn't a one and done, he was basically like a red shirt one and done. Uh, Sadiq Bay left early. Uh, there some players leave leave early. Dante Divincenzo, I think, left early years ago. Kyle Lowry left early. Some players do leave early, but others don't. Um, and I think that's how he's been able to build a very successful program. Everybody seemed to be blindsided by this, but this apparently had to be in the works because they already had his successor lined up and ready to go later in the evening. So tell us a little bit more about Kyle Neptune, the man who's stepping into some pretty big shoes, some pretty stylish ones at that, if we've seen how Jay Wright is dressed, some pretty big and stylish shoes on the main line. Kyle was on uh, Jay Wright's staff for many years uh, during their recent successful years, and then he went to Fordham to be the head coach at Fordham, which um, is in the Atlantic 10 Conference. Villanova is in the Big East Conference, which is um, a more prominent conference than the Atlantic 10. No disrespect to those schools. So this is a step up for Kyle, um, who obviously has experience in the Villanova program, probably has experience with some of uh, the recruits that maybe they have on their team since he was recently at Villanova. Um, So maybe that would... I mean, usually when, when a head coach leaves, gets fired, what have you, goes to another job... Uh, you start to see players start to transfer schools because players get recruited to these schools. And it's like, you know, you work for a boss and you hope to be your boss's guy. And these players were a coach's guy. And if a coach leaves, then maybe they feel they have to go somewhere else. But anyway, maybe that will help uh, uh, slow down any potential transfers that Villanova may have. But we're going off into the nitty gritty here. Um, But basically, Kyle has experience with the Villanova program. He was recently the head coach of Fordham. And now he's coming in to replace a legend in Jay Wright, which is really, really difficult to do. So he has massive shoes to fill. You're right, Jay, since this was announced basically in conjunction with the announcement that Jay's retiring, going into a special advisory role with Villanova. Uh, basically, they've had this in the works for whatever the interview process was. We'll learn more. This is what I know. 
I know we don't know a lot right now, but we'll learn more uh, when they have their press conference, which is tomorrow morning, Friday morning. And we'll learn more maybe over time as more reporting comes out. It's very surprising, very significant. Jay Wright's been the head coach of Villanova for 21 years. He turned that program around. When he got there, it was not in good shape. He turned it around. He made it a powerhouse. Uh, it was a dream job for him. Uh, he was an assistant under Roly Massimino, who is the late Villanova head coach who won the title in 85 against Patrick Ewing's Georgetown Hoyas, John Thompson, the late great John Thompson's Georgetown Hoyas. And Jay Wright was an assistant for Roly Massimino. Jay Wright um, was a head coach at Hofstra before going over to Villanova. And when he stepped in, um, he turned that program around. He was not uh, the quote-unquote godfather of the Big Five at that time. John Chaney was still coaching at Temple, I think. Uh, Phil Martelli was St. Joe's. Fran Dumphy Penn, later Temple. There were some big names in the Big Five. And then when Fran left and, and Phil left and, and, of course, Coach Chaney left many years ago, then Jay Wright became the big guy in the Big Five. It's actually interesting. Fran Dumphy's going back to LaSalle when Jay Wright's leaving Villanova. It's fast. So it's just... It's a changing of a guard, uh, and it's, it, it was significant news when it came out, surprisingly, last night. This also comes, of course, on top of the other major basketball sports story last night is Joel Embiid knocking down that cold-blooded game winner in overtime. Sixers beat the Raptors with .7 left on the clock to beat Toronto 104-101. They go up 3 nothing in the playoff series that now this thing could likely be over on Saturday. Here's what Joel had to say after the game. I haven't really thought about what happened three years ago. Obviously, the shot makes me feel good about what kind of happened. But during this whole series, I haven't really thought about, you know, coming in here and trying to get my revenge. Uh, I think I'm more focused about you know, trying to win the whole thing. Now, he's referencing the infamous Kawhi Leonard shot that hit the rim four times before falling in. I remember that night I was on the air as that shot went in, which was just incredible. Embiid insisting that he's not thinking about this. We can question whether or not that's the truth, but whether he's not thinking about this. How big of a moment is that for Joel Embiid to hit that shot in that building in that moment? It's symbolic revenge, Jay. Whether he wants to say it or not, whether he actually feels that way or not, the first thing that I thought of when I saw that shot go in last night was, well, actually, the first word that I used was redemption. And then I realized I think revenge is a better word than redemption. Both work. It was, it's not what Kawhi's shot was almost three years ago. That was game seven. That was to send the Raptors to the Eastern Conference Finals. They eventually went on to win the NBA championship. But that shot basically denied, it did deny the Sixers from winning a title. They probably, they might have won that year. They might have beaten Milwaukee just like the Raptors did. And they certainly would have beaten a, a very injured Golden State Warriors team. They would have won a championship if not for those four bounces. And it was just very fitting. The first playoff game that they had in Toronto since that night in Toronto, Joel hits a game-winning shot with the seconds winding down to put them up a commanding three games to none lead. There is just, there's so many aspects to this that are fascinating. Number one, the 104-101 final. The Sixers did not have a lead until overtime. They didn't play well last night, and they managed to come back, and they didn't have a lead until overtime. Number two, James Harden fouled out in the fourth quarter, so he was not on the court for that play. Number three, Toronto's Precious Achua 
missed two free throws near yep. the end of the fourth quarter. And it may not even have gotten to overtime if Precious Achua made one of those free throws. And then during the possession in which Joel scored the game winner, it was a mess to the point where Doc Rivers uh, had one timeout left. The shot clock was winding down, and he called a timeout with nine-tenths of a second left on the shot clock. Um, And to do that, he literally had to run to the other end of the floor to get the referee's attention. If you watch the video, he went basically right at the Raptors bench, draws up this perfect play that gets Joel Embiid open with, with less than a second to go to get off that shot. Um, it was uh, a great moment in Philadelphia 76ers playoff history. They have a chance to sweep the Raptors. And if they do, it would be the first time since Charles Barkley was a rookie in 1985 that they yep. sweep a, a best of seven playoff series. Um, and then if they end up doing what the Raptors did in 19, that makes the shot even more epic. And when I say that, if they end up going all the way, that makes the shot even even more epic. Um, it is a shame that the NBA's uh, main awards, the voting, ends before the postseason begins. They're basically regular season awards. Not basically, they are. Because, so, like, Joel Embiid would be enormously helping his MVP case with the way that he's been playing in the playoffs compared to the player who some expect to win that award, Denver's Nikola Jokic. Uh, Joel is playing the best, best basketball that he's ever played in his career. This is the best team that he's had since that 2019 team that lost because of those four bounces. And it was so symbolic, fitting, redemption, revenge, whatever you want to call it, that that happened the other night. And that's the first thing that came to my mind. And I knew instantly that was the story when he hit that shot. Dave, you know, we always appreciate you when you come on here, man. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you tomorrow about the KYW News Radio Sports Fan of the Week. That's Dave Uram, our ace who covers sports here for KYW News Radio. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you, Jay. I'm Jay Scott Smith. I'm Brian Seltzer. And thanks for checking out a little extra hoops talk here. We'll be back at you tomorrow. Have a good one.